Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Walk It Out with Leah McCray, where we are transforming our bodies as well as transforming our minds by the Word of God. Hallelujah. So, um, get on your treadmills, get on your bikes, if you're headed out for your walk, uh, if you're lifting weights, whatever it is that you're doing, um, as we are doing our Bible study this morning or this afternoon or wherever you may be listening or watching, um, let's just get ready to get it in and we're going to start as we always do with prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful day. We thank you, Father, for uh, just being our daddy. We thank you that we can bring everything to you and lay them at your feet, Lord. We thank you that uh, you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing, Lord God, that it is all that you have already done everything that you are going to do for us through Jesus. And now it's just up to us accessing it, man, uh, uh, receiving it by faith and seeing the manifestation. So Father, we ask for forgiveness of all sin, Lord God. Uh, we thank you for the relationship that we have with you, Father, and we just love you so much. Uh, give us vision as we go through your word, Lord God. Give us prophetic revelation and just bring us into deeper communion and relationship with you. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, today we are uh, looking at Genesis 22. Uh, we go for about 25-30 minutes and we will see where the Spirit of the Lord takes us. Alright, so we're going to start verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. And I'm reading from the NLT version of the New Living Translation. And uh, verse 2, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. So going back to verse 1, uh, we learn from scripture that God is testing Abraham's faith. Okay, so we should know that our faith will be tested because really faith isn't faith until it comes up against something, right? If we, uh, we have to use our faith to believe things that we don't see, uh, that we have no natural evidence of. So of course it, it uh, uh, it's going to be tested. It's, it's going to be test, tested just by the nature of it being faith, of it being us believing something that we can't see. So, uh, going back to verse 3, the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we will come right back. Okay, did you hear that? He told the servants, we will come right back. So 
he is already walking in faith. He is already believing that his son is going to come back. Even though God said uh, for you to take him to sacrifice him, he still believes that no matter what happens, that his son is going to be returned to him. And why do you think that? I would say because he already has a promise from God that the whole generations will be blessed uh, from his son, that there will be a multitude um, descendants coming from Isaac. Okay, so he believes God. Okay, so he knows no matter what is going to happen that the generations and the descendants are going to come through my son, Isaac. So he is walking in faith. Okay, he's walking in abundant faith because he tells them by his his words, he is speaking faith right here when he says, we will worship there and then we will come right back. Verse 6. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? And Abraham says, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Okay, now as I'm reading this, going back to verse 6, where he says, So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. I couldn't help but thinking about how Jesus had to carry the wood. He had to carry the cross on his, on his shoulders. My goodness. So look at this as a as a foreshadowing of God giving his only son Jesus carrying the cross on his shoulders think about this so Abraham is is has placed the wood on Isaac's shoulders and Isaac has to carry it for his own sacrifice he he is a sacrifice and he's carrying the wood upon which he'll be sacrificed himself a very vivid picture of what Jesus is going to do so going back to verse 8 and Abraham tells him that God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering verse 9 when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld for me even your son your only son and then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket so he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son Abraham named the place Jehovah Jireh which means the Lord will provide to this day people still use that name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord it will be 
Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abram, Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Oh, goodness. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going up some hills right now. Hallelujah. How about getting it in? Okay. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And because you have obeyed me. All because you have obeyed me. Verse 19. Then they returned to the servants and traveled back to Beersheba, where Abraham continued to live. Soon after this, Abraham heard that Milcah, his brother, Nahor's wife, had borne Nahor eight sons. The oldest was named Uz. The next oldest was Booz, or Booz, <laughs> uh, B-U-Z, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, uh, followed by Kemuel, uh, the ancestors of the Armenians, uh, Kased, Hazel, Pildash, Jitlaf, and Bethuel. Uh, Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. In addition to these eight sons from Milcah, Nahor had four other children from the concubine Ruma. Uh, their names were Teba, Gahum, Tahash, and Maka. Okay, so that's the end of chapter 22. And it ends on uh, some names of further descendants. But let's go back and talk about the meat of this chapter. Not that it, it's all meat, right? <laughs> I mean, the Word of God, all of it is important. But let's go back to what Abraham had done and how God responded. Um, he said, because you did not withhold your only son from me. So even though Abraham did not go through with the sacrifice because God stopped him, but yet he did sacrifice him in his heart, right? Because his intent was to obey God fully. And God took that intent as if it was already done. He lifted up the hand, his hand to sacrifice his son. And God says, you have sacrificed your son for me. You have done this thing in your heart. So uh, you don't have to carry it through to the natural. His faith was tested. But he came through that test in victory. Amen. And because he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, God is now able to do that in the earth. Because remember, God gave man dominion of the earth. Man gave his dominion to Satan okay, by walking in disobedience to, to God. Uh, that's what Adam did. So God had a plan to get that back. But because man had dominion, man had to open the door for man to, for God to come back in and do that. And that's what Abraham did when he gave his only son that he loved. Okay, that he loved 
and cherish more than anything. But when he lifted up his hand to obey God and sacrifice him and give him back to God, even though he didn't have to go through with it, God knew that he had done it in his heart. He was walking in full obedience and that sacrifice allowed God to come in and sacrifice his only son. Do you see that? It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of what, uh, of the redemption, of our redemption, of our redemption. So hallelujah, amen. All right, so let's move on to, let's see how much time we have. Okay, we're doing good. Let's go to Genesis 23. Okay, verse 1. When Sarah was 127 years old, she died at Harath Arba, now called Hebron, in the land of Canaan. There Abraham mourned and wept for her. Then leaving her body, he said to the Hittite elders, Here, I am a stranger and a foreigner among you. Please sell me a piece of land so I can give my wife a proper burial. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Listen, my lord, you are an honored prince among us. Choose the finest of our tombs and bury her there. No one here will refuse to help you in this way. Then Abraham bowed low before the Hittites and said, Since you are willing to help me in this way, be so kind as to ask Ephraim, son of Zohar, to let me buy his cave at, at Machpelah, down at the end of this field. I will pay the full price in the presence of witnesses, so I will have a permanent burial place for my family. Ephron was sitting there among the others, and he answered Abraham as the others listened, speaking publicly before all the Hittite elders of the town. No, my lord, he said to Abraham, please listen to me. I will give you the field and cave. Here in the presence of my people, I give it to you. Go and bury your dead. Abraham again bowed low before the citizens of the land, and he replied to Ephron as everyone listened. No, listen to me. I will buy it from you. Let me pay the full price for the field so I can bury my dead there. Ephraim answered Abraham, My lord, please listen to me. The land is worth 400 pieces of silver. But what is that between friends? Go ahead and bury your dead. So Abraham agreed to Ephraim's price and paid the amount he had suggested. 400 pieces of silver weighed according to the market standard. The Hittite elders witnessed the transgression. So this whole time, this was uh, uh, a bargaining going on, right? It was a, a transaction. Uh, Abraham wanted to buy this land uh, to bury his family. And uh, uh, so this is how they uh, negotiated, I guess, back in that time. Okay, verse 17. So Abraham bought the plot of land uh, belonging to Ephron at Machpelah near Mamre. This included the field itself, the cave that was in it, and all the surrounding trees. It was transferred to Abraham as his permanent possession in the presence of the Hittite elders at the city gate. Then Abraham buried his wife Sarah there in Canaan in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, also called Hebron. So the field and the cave were transferred from the Hittites to Abraham for use as a permanent burial place. Okay, and that's the end of Genesis 23. And in this one, we just see where Abraham is, uh, you know, he is well off. He 
to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household. Take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of the local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. The servant asked, but what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? No, Abraham responded. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. Listen to that. He is holding on. Even in death, he's about, he, he knows that he's going to be with the Lord. But he is holding on to that promise. And he does not want uh, his sons, his, his descendants, to, to get out of that blessed place. He is telling them, no, oh, we can never go back. Think about that. Don't ever go back to where God has delivered you from. Oh, sometimes there is a tendency and a desire to return back to the familiar, to the things that we know, to the people that we are comfortable with, that maybe we grew up with, okay, that we depended upon at one time. But when God takes you out of something, stay out of it. Keep going forward. Keep going toward the promise. Don't look back. Hallelujah. And he goes on to say, he will send his angels ahead of you, and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. Uh, but under no circumstances are you to take my son there. So the servant took an oath by putting his hand on the thigh of his master Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instructions. Then he loaded ten of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master. And he traveled to a distant Aramanaharam. Oh, that's a, that's a hard one to pronounce when you're on the treadmill. <laughs> there he went to the town where Abraham's brother, Nahor, had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening and the women were coming out to draw water. Oh, Lord God of my master Abraham, pray, please give me success today and show unfailing love 
to my master Abraham. Listen to the love and the loyalty of this servant. He prays to the God of Abraham, who has become his God, and he's asking him for success today. But not just for him, for his master Abraham. Wow. He says, see, I am standing here beside the spring, and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. He's specific. And we should always be specific in our prayers to the Lord. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca out of coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Elka. Okay, remember, we just learned about this in the last chapter. You know, we were going on and on with the names that really didn't seem to have much to do with anything. Now we know. Okay, so Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant said, Please give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my lord, she answered. Have a drink, and she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. So his prayer was answered. Uh, the servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrist. What daughter are you? He asked. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? I am the daughter of Bethulah, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. And yes, we have plenty of straw and feed for your camels, and we have room for guests. The man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Praise the Lord God of my master Abraham, he said. The Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. Now Rebecca had a brother named Laban, who ran out to meet the man at the spring. He had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrist and had heard uh, Rebecca tell what the man had said. So he rushed out to the spring where the man was still standing beside the camels. Uh, Laban said to him, Come and stay with us, you who are blessed by the Lord. Why are you standing here outside the town? I have a room all ready for you and a place prepared for your camels. So the man went home with with Laban, and Laban unloaded the camels, gave them straw for their bedding, fed them, and provided water for the man 
and the camel drivers to wash their feet. Then food was served. But Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you what has come. All right, Laban said, tell us. Uh, verse 34. I am Abraham's servant, he explained, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants and camels and donkeys. Hear that? The Lord has blessed Abraham mightily in every way, not spiritually, but materially. There's nothing wrong with having material blessings. God wants us to be blessed. Hallelujah. So 30, this is 36. Um, when Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son, and my master has given him everything he owns. And my master made me take an oath. He said, do not allow my son to marry any of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my father's house, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son. But I said to my master, what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? He responded, the Lord in whose presence I have lived I will send the, his angel with you and will make your mission successful. Wow, we got angels, guys, that are going with us, making our missions successful. When we have aligned our lives with God and we are walking according to his purposes and his uh and, and his promises for our lives and according to what he has spoken over us oh, we got angels we got angels that are lining our paths making our way successful we just have to believe that so he goes on to say yes you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives from my father's family then you will have fulfilled your obligation but if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her go with you, you will be free from my oath. So today when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer. Oh Lord God of my master. Okay, we're in cool down guys. We've been on here 27 minutes transforming our bodies as we are transforming our minds with this word. Oh Lord God of my master, he says. Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside the spring. This is my request. And he's recounting uh, to them how he prayed to God to help him. Um, and he's telling them what he told the Lord. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, Please give me a little drink of water from your jug. If she says, Yes, I have a drink and I will draw water for your camels too, let her be the one you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Before I have finished praying in my heart, mm. so, sometimes before we even finish the prayer, God has already heard and He has already answered. Hallelujah. So He says, before I have finished praying, my praying in my heart, I saw Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, yes, I have a drink and I will water your camels too. So I drank and then she watered the camels. <laughs> then I asked, whose daughter are you? She replied, I am the daughter of Bethuel and my grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. So I put the ring in her nose and the braces on her wrist. 
Then I bowed low and worshipped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he had led me straight to my master's niece to be his son's wife. So tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, and then I'll know what to do next. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The Lord has obviously brought you here, so there is nothing we can say. Here is Rebekah. Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard their answer, he bowed down to the ground and worshipped the Lord. A lot of worshiping going on here. Oh my goodness, when God answers prayer, when you're walking in faith, even before the answer came, he was worshiping. Then after the answer came, he was worshiping. Mm. We ought always to worship God. 58. I'm sorry, 53. Then he brought out silver and gold jewelry and clothing and presented them to Rebecca. He also gave expensive presents to her brother and mother. Then they ate their meal and the servant and the men with them stayed there overnight. But early the next morning, Abraham's servant said, send me back to my master. But we want Rebecca uh, to stay with us at least 10 days, her brother and mother said. Then she can go. But he said, don't delay me. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. Well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. So they called Rebecca. Are you willing to go with this man? They asked her. And she replied, yes, I will go. So they said goodbye to Rebecca and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. The women or the woman who had been Rebecca's childhood nurse went along with her. Uh, they gave her this blessing as she parted. Oh, sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong and conquer the cities of their enemies. Then Rebecca and her servant girls mounted the camels and followed the man. So Abraham's servant took Rebecca and went on his way. Meanwhile, Isaac, whose home was in the was in the Negev, had returned from Bera Lahoy Roy one evening as he was walking and meditating in the fields. He looked up and saw the camels coming. When Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. Who is that man walking through the fields uh, to meet us? She asked the servant. And he replied, It is my master. So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. And Isaac brought Rebecca into his mother Sarah's tent, and she became his wife. He loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. Amen. So we went over 30 minutes, just a few minutes over to finish this chapter, uh, chapter 24. But this chapter, again, just shows us the, the, the faithfulness of God. And he is faithful to, to those who trust him and to believe and who worship him and to seek his guidance and who seek his guidance. So uh, let's just end on that note. Uh, just think about all that we have uh, taken in today in these three chapters. We actually went through three chapters today and just uh, meditate on the word of God, roll it over in your mind and in your heart and think of how uh, the lessons of Genesis, how it 
uh, pertains uh, to our everyday lives um, as we walk out this walk of faith. So God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome day. In Jesus' name, I just declare favor over your life. Amen.